For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 214 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Aggressively toss this salad. Who, ladies and gentlemen, I had the esteemed pleasure of hanging out with last Saturday in person. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, man. The, it was uh, weird looking over at you, honestly. I was like, I can't believe I'm in the same, <laughs> same room or same house as you. It hasn't been that long, buddy. When was it? May? Yeah, I mean, I know. Um, I gotta say, the, uh, the Payne family, my sister and Goose, they know how to throw a nice little birthday party for a youngin'. They do. Yeah, it was nice, dude. I gotta say, seeing Jackson this time, he was actually stoked to see me. Like, yeah. he was excited to see me. He knew my name. He didn't cry once at the sight of me. That is major progress, I gotta say. Yeah, dude. Because... It was his second birthday, right? Every other time that I've been around Jackson, he has been screaming terrified of me. It has nothing to do with you. I don't know, man. It has nothing to do with you. He's just a child. An infant. He's now a toddler, basically. Well, when when he woke up from his nap, we got there and he was napping. When he woke up from his nap, he heard me in the living room and he started saying my name. I was like, my dude. He started going, Halls? Halls? And I was like, how does he know that? You know how he knows my voice? Because Goose lets him listen to the podcast sometimes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, Jackson, what's up, buddy? Don't repeat anything your Uncle Hall says. Okay, Jack Jack, do that for me. Because I can't live a be good life. I can't be uh responsible for Jackson saying like looking at one of the dogs one day and being like, Eat the booty like groceries. I can't have that on me, Will. Oh, you're gonna. I'm gonna get a mad phone call. Well, actually probably you're a gonna, laughing you're, phone call. Get the video. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, it was good to see the family. 
Uh, and uh, I love seeing your mom. Yeah, me too, man. And Nunny. And Goose's mom. The whole... Dude, you got to do me a favor for your own I... sanity, okay? You got to get my dad that goddamn... I uh, know, right? Uh, Olive Garden dressing. Olive Garden recipe. Every time I see it, that's the only thing we have to talk about. But that, it, it's it, got to move beyond that. The minute my dad sees you, it's like, I got to remind I got this him. Thing. I yep. want the recipe for Olive Garden salad dressing. And I get, like I told him, I can get it for you and I can do it. I just need him to, to, to do the trial run to make sure it's legit. And I haven't had the time to do that. And now, now that I have been challenged to, I will, and I will figure it out. Oh, I, I fully, you know me, I fully believe in your skills. I just want for your sanity, you to take care of that. So maybe next time my dad will be like, Hey man, how's it's, it been? It's like nothing. I'm not like, I want that salad dressing. I asked you for the salad dressing and I want it. He sure does. How good are you? Um, so, this is a week where you're not going to hear me say, there's not much Star Wars talk about this week. There's a shit ton of Star Wars to talk about this week. All very cool and exciting. Uh, and we'll get right to that. But first, if you haven't already, go on over to Facebook, facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Throw us a like. Follow us on Twitter, Twitch, or Instagram, and Instagram, at Blue Harvest Pod. Email us if you have questions, comments, voicemails you'd like to send in. BlueHarvestPodcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon page where we post recipes from Will. He uh, does a Cooking with Will segment. Fantastically. Oh no, it's Hall Solo. Uh, Star Wars Year by Podcast with her buddy Steel. Blue Harvest Adventures with Robbo, Jesse, and Colleen. Uh, Jaws. Masters of Harvest Cossie with King Tom. Brand new show coming next week, I believe. Be recording that in the next couple of days with a special host. So look forward to that. And you can... That's a lot of special. Yeah. And you can uh, just support the podcast if you enjoy what we do. For as little as $3 a month, you get a bonus podcast every week. And then from there, the tiers go up and we've got some sticker rewards, refrigerator magnets, all kinds of goofy stuff. Uh, but it's cool. And the artwork's great. And that's by Evan DeCellis. He fucking rules. Uh, so check it out. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we're part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Where you can hear a bunch of Star Wars people talk about Star Wars. On a Star Wars kind of day. May the folks be with you. Like I said, lots of cool stuff happening this week. So I'm sure the hills will be alive with the sound of Star Wars. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Anyways. <laughs> That's the business. Now let's get into the fun stuff. Will, who is our mutual favorite Jedi? 
Senor Obi-Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi? Yes, sir. And what is something that has been talked about, that has been rumored about seemingly since, I don't know, 2012 when Disney bought Lucasfilm? Ooh, the Ewan McGregor the who? series. The who now? The Ewan McGregor. Yeah, Obi-Wan spinoff movie, Obi-Wan live action series. Back and forth, we've been hearing rumors and fan clamoring about it for years. And today, this morning, it really kicked into high gear. It was, it, by now, by damn near midnight, it has been reported everywhere. Making Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars News Network. Uh, IGN. Kotaku. Uh, and then the fucking trades get in on it. So Deadline, Variety, and The Hollywood Reporter have all reported and done their own research to basically say that Ewan McGregor is signed on to a Disney Plus series reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right. Hello. I'm Hello. there for it. So, like I said, this is something I believe first came up. at The concept or the idea of it being a Disney Plus series, I feel like we talked about towards the beginning of the year. So this is not exactly new news, but it seems like it is very close to some sort of an official announcement. When you're talking about trade publications like Variety, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, like that is pretty that that's about as legit as you can get besides Lucasfilm coming out and saying, "Hey, this is happening." And D23, just around the corner. So if I had to guess, there's a possibility we're in for an official announcement there. Because they're going to be pushing Disney Plus pretty hard at D23. So, if you're waiting for the official word, I kind of have the feeling that you may not be waiting much longer. (coughs) So, there was, good. there were some, um, through the various people that have been, I guess, reaching out to sources and digging for information on this news story, there's been some extra information that's come out. Uh, one being from Fanthatrax, who reported that part of Ewan McGregor's deal to reprise the role was that he gets to direct an episode or two of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So it seems like not only will he be starring in the series, he will have a hand at directing an episode or so. Oh, wow. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's rad. <clears throat> I, um, I'll definitely be interested to see how he does with something like that. I don't know if he has much of a directing background so far. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe that's something I should have looked up before we recorded tonight. But I did not. I did not do that. Um, Jason, from Making Star Wars, um, reported that from what he understands, they are adapting the script for the movie that was going to... Because it was originally going to be a movie. And plans for that seem to have gotten shuffled around after the performance of Solo. Right. 
and apparently there was a script for said movie and they are in the process of taking that script and turning it into six episodes is what Jason's heard. There's also people saying it's eight episodes. That's one of the pieces that doesn't appear to be nailed down yet, whether it's going to be six or eight episodes. Um, Either way, we're going to get a lot more of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan in a Disney Plus series than we would in a movie, just runtime-wise. So that's exciting. Basically, probably get about two, two and a half movies worth of content out of it now. Yeah, that's what's important. Um, so I've always been down with the idea of a, a Obi-Wan movie set in between episode three and four. Your but, thing is you don't know that you want him to leave the planet, right? Yeah, and I'm still pretty adamant about that. I'm not saying that they won't take him off planet somehow, but I kind of feel like, and and to me that almost, the idea of a Star Wars story, whether it be movie or TV, set entirely on one planet works better as a TV series than it does in a movie. Um, Because the movies are so, like, you're often to the races. You're on all kinds of different planets. You know what I mean? Ice planets, swamp planet. You know what I mean? Like uh, asteroid belt. You're all over the place. But if it's a TV series that's a little more focused and maybe even like a little more character driven, um, I could see the location of Tatooine and Obi-Wan's exile on Tatooine almost being like a character in itself, the location, you know, yeah. and his day to day and whatever it is that he is, uh, running into whatever, it, whatever it is that gets, that requires an Obi-Wan series, you know? So, <clears throat> lots I of things. <clears throat> um, the real question is how far away is it? Um, and to me, that is... They're not going to step on their own Mandalorian thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's definitely not going to be ready by November. You know, because right. Mandalorian comes on in November. Um, it's going to run for, I would guess, eight weeks. Maybe they'll t- there'll be some kind of break. You know, if it starts in... Um, on November 12th and they go for four weeks. They go for a month until like December 12th, roughly right before episode nine. Maybe they'll take essentially a mid season break, like shows like the walking dead and stuff do, you know, where they'll air in the fall, take a break and then come back after the new year. I don't know that they'll necessarily do that, but, um, there could be a chance that they would do that. One to, um, put the spotlight on episode nine when it's in theaters and also to stretch out Disney plus subscriptions. Right. Yeah. Um, but regardless Mandalorian will be wrapped up by early next year at the latest, I would say. And then we have clone wars on deck sometime 
the Cassian Andor series, which I assume will be airing probably around the same time next year that The Mandalorian is premiering. Um, <clears throat> all but confirmed, a second season of The Mandalorian is happening. So many people... Well, no, it is confirmed. John Favreau said on a late night show that he's in the process of writing the second season. So we have, between now and whenever the Obi-Wan series comes out, two seasons of Mandalorian, Clone Wars Season 7, and Cassian. So are we looking at 2021 before the Obi-Wan series? Or are we going to be possibly getting... I think we're going to have to get more than one live-action Star Wars series per year at some point. Whether that be, you know, Obi-Wan and the second season of The Mandalorian come out the same year. Or whatever it is, you know? I'm sure it'll happen. <clears throat> I think it will, too. I mean, especially when you look... Because this is not... It's clear that they want the Mandalorian to be sort of an ongoing series and I feel like Cassian and Obi-Wan are going to be many mini series like what Marvel is doing with their Disney Plus stuff so you know yeah. I don't foresee us getting a second season of Cassian or Obi-Wan they're meant to be mini series so right. you know maybe we'll get into a rotation where you get a season of the Mandalorian and then a character-centric miniseries every year on Disney+. Plus. That would be awesome. I would be all about that. Um, but yeah, the question is, when would that be coming? So I kind of feel like it's not going to be next year for Obi-Wan. I could always be wrong. If it's really far along, then who knows? Like Maybe they start shooting in the next few months. Because after the rise of Skywalker, mm -hmm. the next one won't be out till 2022, right? That is correct. So, even though we're not going to have um, theatrical Star Wars movies for three years, there's going to be no lack of live-action Star Wars content, at least for a little while. And um, that'll be nice. It won't be you know, 2012 to 2015 where there was, like, we knew Star Wars was coming, but there was nothing. Because shortly after the acquisition, you know, they, they canceled Clone Wars, so that wasn't even on TV anymore. <clears throat> and then, you know, books started coming out and stuff, but as far as Star Wars to watch goes, there wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, when they rebooted the canon, it was like, all right. Well, and we're here, but they caught up real quick. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't done an official count, but I want to sit down and count how many books are currently in canon. Like since the reboot, it's quite mm -hmm. a lot. I mean, they yeah. they keep those coming, and you got to assume they have pumped them out. You got to assume that's going to be uh, what's going on in between the rise of skywalker and uh whatever the next thing is the first game of thrones guys movie so are they backing away from it from star wars yeah no actually i saw 
uh, an article about them today because, you know, they just made a huge uh, exclusive deal with Netflix. Netflix, yeah. And they, um, I was reading how that goes, right? Like how that goes as far as interfacing with the Star Wars stuff. And the article I was reading was like, yeah, Netflix was aware of their Star Wars deal this is more of a long-term thing and they're not even expecting those two guys first output on the Netflix for maybe like 10 years. Like it's a development deal. Like they're going to give them time to develop. And like something I was telling Johnny this week, like think about JJ Abrams, right? Like all his focus right now is on episode nine. But meanwhile, he has bad robot, which is working on all kinds of stuff which I'm sure, you know, he has time to stick his head in the door or take meetings about and, you know, get things moving. See the latest production of. Right. So I'm sure that's going to be a a very similar thing. Like there's nothing saying that these guys can't write. And the article I read today said that they're outlining a trilogy and are committed to writing at least the first one. So, you know, I think that leaves them plenty of time and opportunity to also do whatever it is they're going to do with Netflix. Um, So another thing that is of interest to the two of us that we've been sort of waiting to hear about uh, is Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Uh, And we haven't heard much about it in a little while. It has been a long time. So... That all changed today. Uh, And this comes from Slash Film. Um, Ryan Johnson hopes to find the essence of Star Wars with his new trilogy. Ryan Johnson's next movie is this year's ensemble mystery, Knives Out. But after that, he'll be returning to a galaxy far, far away for his new Star Wars trilogy. Um, This is what he had to say. I think that the fun and challenging part of this is to dive in, figure out what's exciting, and then figure out what it's going to be. We're doing something that steps beyond the legacy characters. What does that look like? To me, the blue sky element of what it was of of it is what was most striking about it. I know that the way that I'm coming at it and what's fun about it for everyone in George Lucas's films is figuring out what's the next step. It really makes you think and figure out what the essence of Star Wars is for me and what it will look like moving forward. Um, So, it's nice to hear him talk about it and, you know, sort of confirm that he's still working on it. It's, It's his next thing up after his movie this November. And, man, that quote about moving forward completely separated from legacy characters and established stuff that is exciting to me it is it's the future Mm -hmm. it's the future of star wars it's um it's exciting to know that if everything goes well before too too long we will be seeing completely brand new star wars does that make sense? What I'm what I'm saying, like yeah, complete, yeah. meaning yeah. like new stuff ships. that has nothing to do with yeah, new ships, 
new characters, characters, new worlds, new creatures, new aliens. Now, let's be honest. There will be some familiar elements. Right. But I think those familiar elements could be story beats. I think they could be alien species we've seen before. Like, just be sandbox elements. I'm not from expecting the world it. around you. Right. I'm not expecting there to be nothing familiar. You know, lightsabers. Lightsabers will be in it. You know? Like, come on, guys. You're talking about the greatest role play toy of all time. The motherfucking lightsaber. Talk about the bad boy that sells more toys. <coughs> more toys. Than any other. <laughs> more replicas. More, you know, high end collectible reproductions of props like there's gonna be lightsabers there's a whole like fan business of recreating and putting together and like engineering lightsabers whether that be new creations or replicas of ones in the movie like yeah lightsabers are gonna be in there you heard it here first actually you didn't because it's like some Captain Obvious level shit. <laughs> but that's really excited to me. Like today has been a good day for Star Wars stuff that interests me. Obi-Wan, Ryan Johnson's trilogy. We're going to talk about something else that didn't happen today. It happened in the last couple of days. But I thought that was really cool. And I'm That is really cool. Glad to hear an update from the dude. You are correct. All right. Next up, uh, so like I was talking about earlier, um, D23 is up next week, towards the end of next week. Right. Uh, and we are, we knew we were going to get Mandalorian information. In fact, uh, if you know where to look on people that report this kind of stuff, and read between the lines on an article or a tweet. It appears we may even get a trailer next weekend for the Mandalorian. But they also announced this week uh, that the Rise of Skywalker will be part of their live-action slate of movies presentation. Interesting. So, <clears throat> well, it looks like next weekend is going to be quite the weekend for Star Wars news between the Mandalorian, maybe some Obi-Wan stuff, and the Rise of Skywalker stuff. I think that maybe this is not as safe to assume as I'm guessing, but I think we'll probably get a behind-the-scenes reel for the Rise of Skywalker. Wow. Because it's about that time, you know? Whether it's it's... Normally at D23 or at Comic-Con. So I think that's what we'll get from The Rise of Skywalker. You're like a seismologist. You feel the earthquake coming. Sizing it up. Well, that's the thing. Like, I agree with everyone that's frustrated that there's not more marketing stuff for Episode Nine or The Mandalorian out there right now. I would love to see another trailer by now or whatever it is, you know, for episode nine. But on the other hand, it's not hard to just watch the pattern 
of Disney's promotion of Star Wars and see where it's going, you know? You get a trailer at Celebration. You get a behind-the-scenes reel in the summer, be that Comic-Con or D23. Then you get the final trailer sometime in October, maybe during a football game. And then, you know, Force Friday, TV spots, book tie-ins. Like, it's it follows a recognizable pattern. So it's not like I'm Nostradamus. I'm just, I know the pieces fit because I watched them fall away. <laughs> gotcha. Got him. Got him. Uh, so yeah, we got an exciting week this week and it seems like maybe like our next two shows are going to be pretty exciting depending on how the, the news announcement shakes out. We are ramping up into the most like exciting period leading into a new Star Wars. And we're not just leading into a new Star Wars movie. We're leading into a new Star Wars movie. The first Star Wars live action TV show. The second season of Star Wars Resistance. How's that for a motherfucking segue? Mm, delicious. So this week we got a trailer for the second season. Second and final season of star wars resistance uh and we've both checked it out what'd you think of it buddy oh that's intense Mm -hmm. that's what just keeps coming to mind is how intense it was the guy that does the animated trailers that did the rebels trailers that's done the resistance trailers like that dude can cut the hell out of a fucking tv trailer he sure can it's really good um, appropriate amounts of humor, some revelations in there. So, you know, I it was interesting when it dropped because I saw a lot of excitement. That's something that's really, I'm really stoked about is it seems like, I'm not saying Resistance has like the biggest following or the most fervent following, but it's got a dedicated following and people that like it are very excited for it. I really like it, so I'm very excited for it, and that's nice to see, you know, because I really like it as well, you know. So am I. Um, but it was it was like a a double edged sword where people were like, "Fuck yeah, a trailer!" Oh man, final season. That was a little bit of a, I don't say bombshell, but a surprise, right? That Star Wars Resistance is coming to an end after season two. Uh, it did make me wonder. I mean, it's okay. Like, I get it. So, you know, I don't... If we're talking on realistic terms, I don't know that it was the most successful Star Wars thing for them. You know, I don't know that it necessarily got huge numbers. Granted, this doesn't necessarily seem like a cancellation as it is it's just being brought to its natural end right and if we're talking serious realistic terms i think it's kind of obvious what's going on so they end star wars rebels in 2000 and it was last year was it 18 2017 right let me look i don't want to get this wrong um 
anyways, they end Star Wars Rebels, and there's still a little bit of time between Star Wars Rebels coming out and Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Um, let me look. Let me look. Approximately 22. Okay, so Rebels ended in 2018. <clears throat> it's clear, kind of clear to me that they didn't want there to be a gap in Star Wars animation. They're, they wanted there to be some sort of Star Wars presence on Disney XD before Disney Plus launched, right? So what better way to do that than to commission like a two-season story, you know, two-season animated sh show, like... And they, it could all come out that, you know, this is not the case and I'm completely wrong. But to me, it just makes kind of sense that they wanted there to be some sort of Star Wars animated presence on Disney XD, right? And conveniently enough, it's going to end right after Disney Plus comes out. And conveniently, we've already started to hear rumors from like making Star Wars that there's another animated show in development already. Interesting. Come on, guys. That's going to be on Disney+. Plus. So I feel like this was not to take anything away from the show because I love it, but sort of a stopgap measure. I think it's also doing a standard animation route where, you know, sometimes you just do a two-season run of whatever your story is. Yeah, and well, then other people can option it, right? Like they can pick it up and do something with it or not. Yeah, and also considering where it's set, in the timeline like so we're caught can't up do too much yeah well we're caught up and we're past the force awakens by the end of season one right and from the look of it in the trailer we're going to be during the events of the last jedi and then after because at one point you see phasma so if phasma's still alive the last jedi hasn't happened and then we see kylo ren as supreme leader which means the last jedi has happened so it to me he's scary uh yeah Kylo Ren is scary in that trailer I really dug the sort of callback to to um Vader and Empire who's able to force choke someone through a hologram despite the fact that they're fucking who knows how far away apart on two different spaceships right you see him like doing some force business to the lady, like making her grab her gun through a hologram. I thought that was really neat. Uh, and I think it's exciting that Supreme Leader Kylo is going to be in it. And something to keep in mind is, if we are, if, if Star Wars Resistance Season 2 is going to take place like up to Episode 9, or maybe even during the events of Episode 9, like, spoiler alert, guys, I'm pretty sure the First Order is going to have lost by the end of Episode 9. So, why would you need a resistance anymore, you know? Maybe it doesn't end like you think it does. You think the First Order is going to win? Uh, you, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like an, an equal <laughs> split. Devastating well, I, on both sides. I'm just saying, like, like we were talking about, where... Star Wars Resistance is set in the timeline, like, I think there's not going to be any story to explore, especially a wartime story, after Episode Nine. Right. So it makes sense. 
Uh, and honestly, like I'm bu- I'm a little bummed because I would have like I like the characters and I would like the show to go on for a little more. But I also see the benefit in like a really focused, pre-planned out, to an extent, story. That you know, I agree. Th- that's part of the reason I like anime so much. Like, I agree. Full Metal Alchemist, like it is like fifty episodes total, and it tells a complete thought out story pre-planned love it you know what i mean so it doesn't bother me that much and i'm excited about the possibility of where they can go after episode nine in animation like come on give us that fucking young kylo or young ben solo and uh luke skywalker show like show us more of what happened yeah in between episodes six and seven and I think that, you know, the area is going to be up for grabs once nine is out and they don't have to worry about stepping on the toes of the sequel trilogy. But really looking forward to the season. There's some really cool stuff in the trailer, like <clears throat> besides Kylo, besides Phasma, you also see super battle droids from the prequels at one point. Yeah, they're all black and elite looking. Yeah, I thought that was neat. Um, that is neat. It looks like we're going to see like a crazy variety of planets. Because, um, you know, Resistance, a lot like Rebels, was pretty much set on one planet for its first season. And now that well, the, the Colossus can't really planet hop, right? Uh, it appears it is, though. I mean, it can, I mean, it can like, but it doesn't. It needs to be settled somewhere, right? That's kind of the feeling you get is because in the trailer, Kaz says, like, we have to find a new home for the Colossus. And right. that's probably what they're doing. And um, They really get across the fact that, like, the First Order is storming the galaxy. Like, there's that one part where the character is like, they're everywhere. They're taking over everything. And then you see a lot of, like, um, Tam in the first order becoming the TIE fighter pilot. I mean, I know that's inevitable. It's painful to see. It does bum me out because I like the good guys, but I also, you know, I'm not convinced that she's going to stay a bad guy. I don't know. I agree. Um, and, you know, I'll be interested to see where her story goes. That's like a really compelling element of this series to me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I loved the trailer. That, like I said, the guy that does those trailers, he may even be, I think he's called like Trailer Dude or Trailer Guy on Twitter. Does an incredible job with them. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Yeah, they need to keep him around doing Star Wars trailers. Like, give him a crack at like the Mandalorian trailer and shit like that. Or, you know, a movie trailer. Um, but yeah, while it's a bummer to see Resistance go, I'm not that upset because I can see, like I said, I can see the benefit in keeping it a little focused and having an endpoint in mind. Um, What else do we got? Did you see anything else in the trailer that uh, stuck out to you? Nothing that's coming to mind at the moment. I'm sure people will have plenty and be like, why didn't you bring that up? But nothing's 
Oh, okay. Here's one that I thought was kind of neat. Um, there is a bounty hunter or mercenary or something featured right. in the trailer. Like the Guavian Death Squad? Oh, no. Oh, the... I forgot. Yeah, we see the fucking Crimson Corsair. Yeah. And uh, some Guavians in there. That is right. That is cool. That is a neat background character to bring into an animated series. I think that is an awesome pull. Um, but no, there's this other guy. And... Um, Um, it looks like his design was actually something inspired by the Clone Wars micro series. I'm sending you a side-by-side shot. It's definitely not the same character, but the armor design and, and, uh, sort of the look of the character seems to be pretty inspired, um, by that micro series. Yeah. <laughs> I I agree. Do you remember that part from the Clone Wars series? I do. Um I always thought that was a neat design in the Clone Wars series, so it's neat to see they, a reference to it and to bring it back. They're storming a ship from the exterior of another ship in that scene. Yep. Yep. Um but yeah. He's got a shotgun. Is that what that's well, supposed look, to be? Space I don't shotgun. Know, it looks like a shotgun. Um. Yeah, I don't think there's too much more. I'm trying to make sure I'm not forgetting something. Today has been so crazy and so exciting with all the storm of Obi Wan stuff. But I think I think call that, you Huey Lewis because you got the news. <laughs> oh, I was. You said that, and then I'm sitting here thinking, like, "Ooh, is that what? Is that what I? Uh, is there a, is there a title for this episode in that statement? Is there, <laughs> is there a way for me to eke out a title? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could just call it. Call call you call me Huey Lewis because I got the news. Dot com. <laughs> dot net. Dot org. Rebuffering. <clears throat> all right. Um, all right. Let's jump into voicemails and emails and stuff. That's late Keep as hell. First. Uh, f- head first. Head first. I live my life jumping into a pool head first at a time. Well, bring on the brain damage. It's the fast and unexplainably furious it's the one joy in my life really it's it's the fast and the furious because of cte here we go here's a little song from our buddy steve Cockhead! 
you're gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Luhurt! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key and D! Cockhead! Cockhead! All right, let's see uh let's see what King Tom has to say today. I bet you it's going to be related to the all the excitement of the day. It was All right, here we go. Well. All right, here we go. Hey there, Haas and Will. I am excited about the slew of Star Wars news we've gotten in the past two days. Yet none of it is really related to this, this rise of Skywalker, but at the same time, I think it's a, good, a bunch of good news for the future of Star Wars. There is one little thing that I understand people are upset about, or not, not completely happy about, and I completely understand why, and that's with the news that the Resistance is, TV series is going to be ending this year. And I completely understand it's it's a fun show. It explores the galaxy in a new way. And we're just getting to know these characters and we're not going to get to see them anymore. This puts them in, in a place of uncertainty with Star Wars because we, we can get them in other series or comic books or stories. And we should. We just don't know when and how and when we get attached to characters. That's a little disappointing. At the same time, you know, Pablo said on Twitter yesterday, I believe, that this series, or this season of the series, was in, in the planning stages two years ago. So they've known for a while that Resistance is only going to run two seasons. And I think that's something that, as as Lucasfilm explores new ways in which to del- deliver Star Wars, and I'm talking not just cartoons, but also about series on Disney+. Plus. I think they have to think about how they present them to us. And by that, I mean, you know, personally, I know this is something we've talked about before. I think shows are better, especially TV, you know, TV shows are better when they have a limited run, when you have a starting point and an, and, and an ending point. And maybe they should have told us Resistance is only going to run two seasons. You know, they could tell us Obi-Wan is only going to run however many shows. The Cassian show going to run this many seasons. Mandalorian only going to run this many seasons. And they're not afraid to do it with the movies. You know, they, they say, haha, right now The Rise of Skywalker is the last Skywalker movie. Personally, I know everyone believes that's a for now thing. But they're telling us this is the planned end. Ryan Johnson today said he's working on his trilogy. He's getting three movies. And, you know, that that's the other... I just want to say this before I go. But that's the other bit of news I am super excited about. Not only to, you know, crush all the jackasses who say, Oh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy is canceled. But also, you know, he's still doing it. He's having fun with it. And he's excited about it. And that's great news. That's great for the future of Star Wars. So... Count me in as a very excited Star Wars fan. Anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. Fuck yeah, King Tom. We're excited, too. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that really works, right? Like, 
If I had to guess, it probably was planned to only be two seasons. Um, probably even more from the standpoint of, like we were talking about earlier, where it's set in the timeline and sort of the time period it covers. Um, what's interesting about that to me is... So... When was, so in 2017, uh, Last Jedi hadn't come out yet because it came out at the end of the year in 2017. And at that time, Colin Trevorrow was still going to be the director of episode nine. And then he was let go. JJ was brought back on board. So that makes me wonder, did they have to make any changes to the second season of Resistance based on changes to the story? You know, I would wonder if in 2017 they even really had a great idea of where Colin Trevorrow was going with Episode Nine. Clearly, at some point they got an idea and they didn't like it. They were like, oh, that's what he wants to do? We're not down with that. So... With it being worked on from in 2017, I would have to guess that they probably did have to take a step back and change some things based on where it's going in episode nine. Also think it's very interesting that the second half of Resistance season two won't be airing until after uh, episode nine comes out. So yeah. that leads like... Leave some interesting options open. Like, could we see... You know, let's let's say there's a big space battle, right? In episode nine. Could we see Resistance cover that space battle from the viewpoint of the aces? Wow. I didn't think about it. You know, like, because if... Since that part of the season won't be the end of the ser series won't be airing until after episode nine. Like <laughs> kind of seems like they'd at least have the opportunity if they wanted to do something like that. And that could be really cool. Yeah. Or maybe it'll lead right up to episode nine, but either way, I would think that there will be some threads that sort of lead into episode nine, if not directly interact with it. Um, I wonder how much, if at all, Poe Dameron's going to show up in Resistance Season 2. Because he's awfully busy in uh, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. So, yeah, he doesn't have time for much. I mean, obviously, if he shows up, it'll have to be after. It'll have to be between Episodes 8 and 9. Um, but with him being such sort of like a a fairly big important part of the first season you'd think that he would come back at least once or have something to do with with the series at some point or maybe he like maybe after the last jedi he can just not tear himself away from the resistance that would make a lot of sense considering what's going on you know yeah um all right <clears throat> next up we have our buddy Steve D, who does the Kia D song for us. Love hearing from this dude. 
he he texted me today, right? Um, and he goes, I got to ask you something. How legit do you think this Ewan McGregor stuff is? And I was like, I don't know, man. I think it's probably pretty legit. You I'm know? hoping so, at least. Well, shortly after that is when like Deadline and places like that started covering it. So I texted him and I was like, man, these places are covering it too. Pretty much certified legit. And like, he wants this series so bad. He said it's the thing he wants most in Star Wars. It is equivalent. I can understand. Right. It's equivalent to the oh, the Boba Fett movie for me. You know what I mean? Boba Fett. Yep. It's the thing he wants most. So I think he was just bracing himself for heartache. And like I said, this has been something that I don't know that it's been this, this long, but it feels like something that's been bandied about for like three years. Not in any sort of official capacity but almost more in like a a fan like a like, balloon in a crowd that has just yet to reach the ground right uh, okay yes or a beach ball right <clears throat> so hopefully he's feeling a little more confident and uh and uh excited well he was definitely excited i just hope he's, he's feeling a little more confident let's hear what steve has to say Steven D here. Um, hey, lots of stuff dropping this week. Lots of stuff. Rumors, official crap. Stuff. Resistance season two. Nice looking trailer. A lot of stuff to unpack. Good stuff. A pretty hard hitting Kenobi rumor. Cinelix ran it. People have been running it. This is Thursday afternoon, so I'm not sure if it's been confirmed by the time you record or whatever. Anyway, exciting stuff, but I'm not here to talk about that. You know what I'm here to talk about? I'm here to talk about Tupperware. I was putting away leftovers the other night. And you know what? There's nothing more satisfying in my kitchen life, aside from eating, than just nailing the proper size Tupperware for the amount of leftovers. <laughs> I mean, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was, putting a, I was putting something away, and I thought it had the right size container, and then I got over there, and damn it, it was only like a third full when I was, when I was done. I don't like wasting that kind of space in the fridge. But on the flip side, I'm not going to go in a smaller container and dump it out. That would mean washing another dish. And that's just right. That, that that's just not going to happen. But man, when you find that right size container for the leftovers, oh, it just fills it right up. No, nothing overflowing. Even when it does overflow, I usually just eat it to get make sure you get enough room. That, you know, might have to be might have to do something with you know the reason my weight has springboarded uphill a little bit in the last few months. Um, neither here nor there though. What are your thoughts on proper Tupperware size? That is what I'm here for. <laughs> I have to say, that was unexpected. Yes, it was. I did not expect our buddy Steve to come with <laughs> such a hard-hitting Tupperware question. <laughs> so, Will, I feel like this is in your wheelhouse, but 
I don't know if listeners know this about me, but I am staunchly against Tupperware. I don't you don't believe in Tupperware? I believe in it. I can see it. I know it's real. But I had a unfortunate Tupperware accident when I was a kid. So I just like, okay, let's say I make a pot of spaghetti, right? Whatever's left over, I just dump on a shelf in the fridge and just let it lay on a shelf. Like dump out, dump the pot out on the shelf. And then like, oh, let's say I want some spaghetti, right? I'll just open up the fridge and grab a handful, eat it out of my hand. Oh my goodness. That's not true. I'm making this up. I have, I, I mean, I don't have anything against Tupperware. Um, all right. What, what's your, what's your thoughts on proper Tupperware sizing? Will? I mean, it is nice to find the best one for the job, but I also find that when they're stackable, I really enjoy when they're stackable. Are Tupperware parties a thing anymore? I don't think anymore. What, was that because Tupperware was some newfangled device that like you were like... I think it was considered a housewares device and easily sellable by women to women. Oh. Like house, housewares and makeup. So it was almost like a, a Mary Kay situation. Yes. Where you would be like the Tupperware distributor in your neighborhood and you'd throw a Tupperware party to try to get all your friends to buy Tupperware from you and you make a little cut on the side. Bingo. Okay. All right. I remember one time my grandparents had someone over to their house to try to sell them a vacuum. Vacuum yeah. salesman. Yeah. We don't really get that. You don't really see that much anymore. No, you do not see that anymore. I got ripped off by someone selling magazines one time. Do you ever have some the door-to-door magazine person come by? This was at college. This was in the Oh, uh, this is like the Bob's Burgers Turtle Camp. Kind of. This was um uh, what was the apartment? Oh, magazines to subscriptions. We both lived in the same apartment complex at different times. What was that place called? Glen Hollow? Is that what it's called? Glen Hollow, the Commons? Is that what you're talking about? No, the the oh, place. Oh, oh. What was Glen that Hollow. place called? That might be right. Maybe it was. Um, they were townhouses, basically, right? Like, yeah, townhouses on the first row off a of campus, basically. Yeah, it was where I lived before I moved into the house that you later moved into, and we became roommates. But uh, I was living there, and I get a knock on the door. It's during the summer, so I'm in the apartment. One of my roommates is at the work at work, and the other one wasn't staying there because there were three bedrooms. Um, and I go, and it's a fairly attractive lady, and she's selling magazine subscriptions. Well, I like magazines. I'm gonna try to impress this lady, maybe get a couple of subscriptions, right? Guess who never got the magazines? Oh, never. Ew. Never got a single damn magazine. Those magazine subscriptions never showed up. Never. Never. My my wooing attempts of, of like trying to flex, be like, oh, you're selling magazines? I'm going to get three magazine subscriptions. You're going to have to go back to your boss and say, I take the day off. Some dude got three. 
She's like, <laughs> you, you should have been like, I'm sure you are. She's like, oh, I'm selling magazines. You'd be like, oh, I'm sure you are. Well, I sure did buy them, and I sure did never get a magazine. What Do you remember what you picked out? I do. I do. Rolling Stone was one of them. They were all... Uh, Rolling Stone, one of the gaming magazines. I can't remember if it was like Electronics Gaming Monthly or maybe Game Informer. It was it was one of the gaming magazines. And then something else. Probably like Circus Magazine or something else music related. But I Better remember. Homes and Gardens. Better Homes and Gardens. <laughs> um yeah perfect perfect better homes and gardens rolling stone and uh <laughs> fucking whatever video game magazine you were trying to impress her rolling stone i mean there was probably an element of that but also like i just liked reading that magazine Clearly, I didn't give a fuck if I was going to get like a video game magazine magazine at the time. <clears throat> All right. We got one more voicemail and then we'll call it a night. This one is from Jim. So, so far in the email segment, we have King Tom, who's very excited. Steve, who's all about Tupperware. Magazine subscriptions. Let's see where Jim takes this. Pauls and Will. Um, I wanted to say a couple things. I had a question about uh, Jawas. Uh, my, first off, when my youngest viewings of uh, A New Hope, uh, I just remember want, thinking that the Jawas became one with the Force, and that's why C-3PO was piling up their capes. Um, and that was silly, but... Uh, what were they actually doing? Were they did they bury the bodies and they were burning the capes? Um, also, uh, some behind the scenes stuff they uh, looked furry, and I never saw that in the movies. But the behind the scenes, the Jawas are actually furry. I'd love to know what they actually look like. Um, and one of my first memories of Star Wars is not. Uh, I feel like I always knew that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Uh, I don't remember that big reveal. But I remember when Ben Kenobi was killed and Luke yelled no, that I was like surprised. Like I didn't realize they were so close, but it told, you know, a deeper story. Uh, and I felt something similar when Ray screamed when Solo died. Um, but it just shows how close they actually were. Um, but uh, something that when I first saw The Phantom Menace, I remember that uh, I, the feeling, I, I was shocked at how skilled they were with lightsabers and um, how in episode four were they so slow and this and that, but I told myself that the reason they were slow is because they were so precise, they were masters, and one small false move, one misstep, and it, they'd be done for um, and it kind of is also rings true with uh, Revenge of the Sith when Palpatine took out those two Jedi so handily, and uh, 
it just means to me that, you know, they weren't skilled enough and, uh, they got taken out with zero, just about no effort. And Mace, who's, I'd say a better, uh, lightsaber smith, I don't know, <laughs> a great, better swordsman, um, and he didn't fall for it and, you know, held his own. And then, uh, also with Rebels, uh, when Darth Maul was taken out, uh, so quickly, it's because, you know, to me, it's, it's because Kenobi's been meditating for the last 15, 20 years at that point. And, uh, he's just gotten more in touch with the Force and just able to read what's going on in the living Force that much better. So, what do you guys think? Uh, love to hear. Ignite the dream. What do you think, Will? Oh, man. I needed a second to think about it. Honestly, you go first. So, my. I always. This is not about the lightsaber stuff, right? This is more about the Jawas. I always imagined Jawas to be like uh, rat people, like bipedal rat people under those robes. Like if and see, this is why I let you go first because I have no idea. I just know that they like. I can't remember seeing fur. I just know that they have the big eyes. They're almost crystal-like eyes. I don't. I, I can't. Uh, I can't really discern facial features. Yeah, and I don't think you're supposed to be able to, you know. Uh, and by no means do I think that's canon or anything. That's just what I always imagined them to be. It's like sort of rodent-like, almost like mini master splinters. Um, but I guess they don't have a tail. They wouldn't be full-on rat people. Um, and I don't think they're... I don't think they buried the bodies and then burned their robes. I think they're just burning whole-ass Jawas on that fire. I think they were, too. I don't think you strip them. No. No, and then... Yeah. Burn them separately. <clears throat> um. So, that... Um, now, the lightsaber thing. So, basically, Jim was wondering, like, why... They fight the way they do in the original trilogy, right? Like, was that the question he was asking? I think. Well, it's hard for me to attribute the difference between the prequels and the original trilogy. And I understand that the sort of in universe canon explanation is that in the time of the prequels you're seeing Jedi at their prime that's why they're so badass with lightsabers you're seeing like fully they trained a school with classes devoted to it right and um, you know that's the explanation and that by the original trilogy you're seeing, you know, an older man, an old man in Kenobi, a dude who is more machine than man, and a fairly untrained kid in Luke Skywalker. That's who you see handling lightsabers. So I get that as the in-universe explanation. But then you get to, like, the production explanations that during A New Hope, 
you know, well, there's always the fact that David Prowse lied about having fencing experience. Right. Which is why Alec Guinness's stuff was very fence-like, fencing. Right. You can just tell his fighting style. Right, and it's also why they had Bob Anderson doing the fighting, the lightsaber fighting stuff in Empire and Jedi. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, there was also the fact that, like, uh, I don't know if it was George Lucas or the guy that was sort of like the fight choreographer for, I don't even know, like the, maybe even just the stunt coordinator on A New Hope envisioned lightsabers as being more broadsword-like, requiring a constant two-hand grip on the hilt. Right. And if you watch, the, especially A New Hope, they there's no one-handed lightsaber action going on. And they definitely changed that a little bit uh, as the movies went on, as Empire and Jedi went on. Like, that was a concept that was sort of pushed to the wayside in the interest of having sort of more visually exciting fights and stuff, which I'm totally fine with. But, yeah, I don't know. I always thought that when Sidious kills all those jedi it's he's like lightning fast he moves so quickly and so efficiently that like they don't have a time a chance to react he takes them by surprise jumps into the fray and before you know it three jedi are dead kit fisto agent kolar and sansi 10 dead before mace window can even process it and then yeah i do agree with jim like I don't know that it's necessarily his skill with a lightsaber as it that he's just like a senior, more experienced Jedi that keeps Mason Windu alive for a little longer. Um, I think it's both. Uh, yeah, it's probably a, a con it's a combination of both for sure. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just good with the sort of official explanation. They're crazy with the lightsabers in the prequels because they're more advanced Jedi. Um, I was going to say production-wise, it's just because the you know fight choreography is much different than it was in the 70s. Well, yeah, and a different dude. You know, Nick Gillard, I believe that's his name, was the fight choreographer for the prequels and he's who brought that element to you know the obi-wan and qui-gon and maul duel and all the other duels in the the trilogy so you know from a practical like real world standpoint you have a way different dude and then like you said just fight choreography in general way different in the later 90s than it was in the 70s and 80s. Um, you also have the benefit of lighter prop lightsabers. You know, they were using like, I think, carbon rods at that point in the prequels, which are more lightweight and you can twirl around and do fancy shit with. Um, and then, like, what's cool to me uh, is, you know, in the sequel trilogy... 
they were basically using high-end Force FX lightsabers, for lack of a better term, meaning like they actually light up and stuff on set. Right. Which allows them to do cooler effects with the lightsaber, like lighting and stuff in the scenes. And then I believe it was Daisy Ridley in some sort of recent, more recent interview about episode nine said that they took that same design and made it considerably lighter for the duels in episode nine. So to me, that makes it seem like we might see a little more fancy Star Wars, like lightsaber dueling type stuff in the next movie. Um, that, that could be very cool. Yeah, and it would make you know sense because Ray's had a full year or so to hone her her powers and her form and stuff like that. Um, I don't know that it will be on the level of like prequel fight choreography, but I've always felt like the sequel trilogy's fight choreography choreography has been somewhere in between the original trilogy and the prequels. Like it's not as sort of stiff feeling as the original trilogies, but it's not as over the top and twirly and fancy as it is in the prequels. Uh, but I actually kind of really like the balance that they've strict, uh, you know, come up with between those two styles for the sequel trilogy. Yeah. So not going to hear me complain. Uh, I'm just excited to see some fucking lightsaber fights. Love me a good lightsaber fight. So do I. <clears throat> well, let me I'm do. I'm a big swords guy anyway. Yeah, I know, man. Some, that's something we have in common. Like a good sword. Like a good sword. Swung for the very first time. All right. I'm doing a double check to make sure we don't miss anybody. And I think we're good. So, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for uh, taking the time to record with me, buddy. Dude, thanks for squeezing me in. I'm sorry it was a hassle. It wasn't a hassle. It's all good, buddy. Um, if you guys like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Um, leave us a, a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. really helps us out. And otherwise, I think we should be uh, pretty excited about next week. I think we're going to have some big stuff. I'm hoping. I think we'll have some cool stuff to talk about. But until then, not that we didn't have cool stuff this week, but until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hollis Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>